So you're trying to put together a baseball team for a season where you think your team has a chance to compete, really make some noise. Just one problem. You don't have a place to play. COVID border restrictions have forced the Blue Jays out of Canada, with their AAA affiliate in Buffalo becoming their eventual landing spot. Just hours before the first pitch was going to be thrown for the Blue Jays' regular season, they now found out where they will be playing their home games, at least most of them, Buffalo Sailing Field. So even though this is not an ideal situation, how well can it work out? And can you turn it into a competitive advantage? I'm Dan Schulman, and this is A Swing and a Belt. I couldn't be more proud of where this organization is today. It is uh, in good shape, and the, the future is bright. It's just really difficult to do something exceptional and spectacular without some sacrifice. And you know, we've, we've weathered some storm and been through some sacrifice, and now we're focused on improvement and getting better. Ross Atkins is the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. And like all GMs, his job is infinitely more complicated now than it's ever been before. But unlike the other 29 GMs, Atkins has had to do his day-to-day -day job while also having to help find his team a place to play. And as we all know, it was a bit of a long and winding road that eventually saw the Blue Jays land in Buffalo. Or at least that's where they will land early next week, playing their first game there on Tuesday against the Marlins. Ross, I know free time is not something you have a lot of these days, so thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here and glad to talk about Buffalo. It's been uh, you know, certainly an interesting ride for us to get to this point, and we're optimistic that we're going to be able to make the situation a positive one, all things considered. So, Ross, I want to talk a lot about Buffalo, but first, let me put you on the spot just a little bit if I can. If I asked you to describe in just one word what the last five months have been like for you professionally, what word would you choose? Fulfilling. Why fulfill? I was expecting something more like challenging. Why, why <laughs> fulfill? You're skewing to the glass being half full. Why fulfilling? No, it's just we just have so many good things going on. I think the the environment that we come into every day, the leadership team that has been together across baseball operations and business operations, our coaching staff coming together, and most importantly, just seeing what our players are talking about, how they're going about their work, their interactions. It's why we have these jobs and why we love them. The group is uh, united, cohesive, and focused on winning. And they, they're talented. So, you know, our, our pitching has really, really come a long way in the last 12 months to complement, uh, you know, a young offensive core that is exciting and uh, not, not completely battle tested by any means, but showed incredible signs last year. So we have incredible opportunities ahead of us with a great start to a lot of work that's gone in to try to get into where we are today. Mm -hmm. A lot of that work obviously has been trying to get everybody established in Buffalo, and a lot of that work is health and safety protocols, like it's not a typical year, obviously. Are you able to, you know, roughly break up what your day is like? Hey, I spend this amount of time on typical general manager baseball operation stuff. I spend this amount of time on Buffalo. I spend this amount of time on COVID health protocols. Are, are you able to kind yeah. of split that up? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, we're a team, you know, so to just to break that up individually is so difficult because there's nothing I'm doing in isolation. You know, we are so collaborative by nature and we're working 
with different groups on those different topics. So when I'm focused on the typical day-to-day of baseball with our baseball operations team, depending on the time of the year, obviously we just had a draft that we executed. So when that was occurring, we were entirely focused on that in a different world. Once the season got cranked up, there was a very different allotment of time once we started you know, to focus on when summer camp would start and where it would be. The COVID protocols were certainly taking up a lot of our time. And, and if I were to put a percentage on it, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of a third. Then we obviously had to spend a lot of time of thinking about what that meant in terms of preparation and what decisions had to be made for baseball. Unfortunately, we had made a lot of our decisions in spring of you know, where things were going to stand roster-wise, how we were going to be looking as we prepared to break for the season. And we didn't have to spend a huge amount of time on roster building, roster construction, how we would be making decisions on potential moves as it related to start the season. There was a lot of work that was already done. And as I mentioned, then there was another significant amount of time that we were spending on the draft over that period. And then the remaining time was spent on you know where we were going to have summer camp and what that meant for our players and then where we were going to have our season. So another third to half of our time was spent on communicating with our players, contingency planning, trying to get the best feedback we could from all of the stakeholders. And the hardest part was just making sure that our players felt well represented and felt all of them, not just our 25-man, 26-man roster, but all of the, the staff and stakeholders in a pandemic feeling like they were heard and feeling like they were communicated with in a fair and reasonable way when we had such a moving target. That took up a lot of our time, and, and we spent a lot of time and energy on that. I'm interested in that a little bit because a number of your players, when we've had our you know media Zoom calls, they've talked about Ross came to me or Mark came to me and spoke to me about this. So I'm curious about that process. Was that you know you individually texting or calling players? Did you do a virtual Zoom thing? Did you have small groups in a room so you could socially distance? How did you go about the process of trying to get everybody's input on, on where they felt comfortable playing? You summarized it well with your question. Those were the things that were occurring. We did have several Zoom calls with every individual. We had phone calls with smaller groups and we had meetings with smaller groups where we could be socially distant once we got into Toronto. And of course, there were a lot of individual interactions via phone, text, or just face-to-face and socially distanced. So we were thinking about it on a daily basis on making sure that I think anyone as close to baseball as you completely understands and, and knows how something changing that much, how that impacts lives. So even if you don't have a family, even if you're not thinking about moving your children and wife to a new location and making sure they're comfortable, not knowing where you're going and where you're going to be playing and what the resources are going to be and what your days are going to look like is stressful. And we have a group, as I mentioned earlier, that has worked so hard to get to this point. They've poured their lives into it. To then have uncertainty and unknowns is stressful, and there's no denying that. The only thing we could do is just continue to communicate and ask questions and, to the best of our ability, give them updates. But it was, 
it was changing so much for obvious reasons, most obvious reason, the pandemic, how much it was changing, how much the implications of the, of the pandemic had across you know, the United States and Canada and the world, and that, you know, how that impacted our ability to make decisions was, was incredible. So, I mean, what we had to do was focus on things we can control, and that was staying in touch and giving information and updates where we had them. But with a lot of empathy for, you know, how stressful that was for our players. As we speak, you're still a few days away from opening up in Buffalo. Have you been there at all? Like in the last three weeks, as this all came together, have you been there? And if, if not, like who are your people on the ground? How many Blue Jay people are in Buffalo right now? I have been there. When we first arrived in Washington, D.C. from Tampa, I, I rented a car and drove over and spent a day and a half there with Marnie Starkman and her team and Brian Blue, the, you know, our business department has really just all hands on deck. They, they have people from marketing, people from stadium operations, grounds crew, people from Dunedin that have come together and done an incredible job on putting together what we feel will be the best possible solution we could have come up with given the circumstances in a world that we're having to operate very differently. Thinking about physical distancing while you're putting 50 plus people into restricted areas is not something that you do overnight. We also have members of our baseball operations team that has been there consistently, maybe not every day as much as some of the, the business and stadium and grounds crew people have been there, but we've been there every day virtually, if not physically. One of the biggest challenges, Dan, is, is really thinking through maximizing safety, not just thinking about what the protocols are and how we can make sure that we adhere to them, but being creative to maximize them to make a competitive advantage is something that is a challenge. And I, I think one of the things that we benefited from actually was seeing a lot of other scenarios before we had to make final decisions. There was a lot of groundwork done, but before we had to hit go, we were able to see Boston, we were able to see Tampa, you know, we were hitting go by the time we were seeing Washington on the final changes for how we would be living in that space in Buffalo. But the creativity and, and having seen some of the other environments has been helpful. So I don't know how much you can unveil, you know, before it's unveiled on Monday or Tuesday. But what are it, it, it's funny because at the beginning, everybody said lighting, lighting, lighting. And that's probably the easiest thing that you had yeah. to change. You get the proper bulbs, you put them in. Now you've got lighting. And I think there are a couple of extra towers going up as well. So I'm sure it wasn't like snap your fingers and it's done. But so much attention was paid to the lighting at the beginning. I, I think it glossed over many other more important things. So what other areas are there? where you have made significant changes, and, and what can you share with us about it? I think it's some of the things that I was, I was speaking of in my, the last comments that I made in thinking about how we're safe. We could have done a lot of things that would have been suitable and manageable and fine and acceptable for Major League Baseball protocols and for our players and staff. And as we got uh, rolled up our sleeves and really you know, started to, to hit go, as I mentioned on some of the decisions. Fortunately, because of the support we have from ownership, because of Mark's leadership, we've been able to really make some uh, what we feel will be very positive decisions for our players to be safe, to have all the resources that they need. And for example, 
we are going to have a lot of the concourse used for preparation for guys to be able to go and get their work done and make sure that they're not on one floor and spread out in what a typical setting would be in a minor league stadium, we've really tapped into a significant portion of the footprint of the stadium by using different concourse levels, by using areas that wouldn't otherwise be used for typical baseball things like clubhouse facilities, batting cages, bullpens, where people are sitting, where they're not sitting, how they move through the building. And open air, having open air is just such a crucial place at this time for obvious reasons. The staff has done an incredible job. Another example that you probably are aware of is we had the opportunity because we had a little bit of time to improve the field. The infield will be brand new and the the lips were suitable and certainly would have been fine, but we had the opportunity because we had a little bit of time to make them better. Uh, The lighting didn't involve as much creativity or as much agility. It was a matter of just saying, okay, we're ready to go. Let's, Let's move forward, but not without some challenges that you mentioned because some additional stands had to be brought in to to maximize it. Can you turn this into a competitive advantage for your team? Can you benefit from this, whereas the visiting teams, you know, maybe they're a little uncomfortable. They're only there for three days. You're there for three homestands. Can this be an advantage for you guys? Yeah, I mean, listen, we would much rather be in Toronto, and everyone knows that, but we will turn it into that mindset. There is no doubt about it. We will be thinking about this as our home and it making making us as comfortable as we can possibly be with all of the respect for our visitors and making sure they have the resources that they need. But we will turn it into that mindset for sure. Our players already have, our coaching staff certainly has, and that's the way we're thinking about it. I'm excited. I would not be nearly as excited if I hadn't seen the amount of work that has gone into it, the ideas, the creativity that I mentioned, the execution has been absolutely remarkable. BAM, a Canadian company that works closely with Major League Baseball on events and these types of structures and efficiently building structures for people to work and live in. They have been absolutely remarkable with what, you know, everything that we've asked to do, they've had an answer for. I wish I could see it in person, but as you know, we're calling all the games from a studio in Toronto. There's the border issue. You can't go back and forth. The quarantining, as we all know, which leads me to kind of a personal question for you. I know you're with the team on the road now. Does that mean you're on the road for the whole season? Or are you going to be in the U.S. with the ball club right through September 27th? Yeah, and hopefully beyond that, depending on how my status is ends up being whether I'm essential or not, it's not something I've focused on. <laughs> um, it's not essential will be the wrong term. It's more just whether or not I can come and go safely without impacting my family in too significant of a way. It would only be for hours, not for days. So I will be with the team. Wow. Okay. So renting cars, flying around, two months of hotels. Uh, They didn't put this in the GM handbook when you took the job, right? There wasn't a chapter on this kind of a season. I'm glad I played minor league baseball and coached for a year. So those those six years has prepared me for this, undoubtedly. (laughs) All right. Let's come full circle. I asked you at the beginning, if you could just say in one word what the last few months have been like, and you said fulfilling. So now let me ask you, what do you hope the next few months will be like? Pick one word as well. Yeah, energizing. I mean, what what comes to mind or just is excitement. I I just I'm I'm so excited about our core 
all the things that I mentioned before, we have a group of high-character, driven individuals that are focused on the collective. You feel it when you're in there. I'm sure that fans and you can see a difference and you can see a different energy about them. I'm confident that our offense is going to perform better. Our pitching has really, really stepped up and been very consistent for us early on. We've had some really good signs in from our young pitching and Hatch and Romano, Barucki and Kay, obviously Pearson. There's a lot to be excited about and not overly optimistic or Pollyannic about it. It's more just such a good feeling to come to work today or, and every day with this group. So especially with the expanded playoffs this year, uh, you believe October baseball, that being in the postseason is a realistic and an attainable goal for this team this year? Absolutely. I, you know, listen, like we're, we're not built for today to be the day that we expect to be one of the best teams in baseball. We're building towards that. We know that we have to have some transitions go well in order for us to be a team that is moving through the playoffs. But we have no reason to believe that you know we shouldn't be in that consideration. We appreciate the time, Ross. Uh, Got to be a crazy time for you. Uh, be well, stay safe, travel safe, and I hope Buffalo works out well for you and the Blue Jays. All right, Dan. Thanks for the time. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. So there you have it. Really an unprecedented situation with a major league team playing its home games in the park of its AAA affiliate, trying to make it really feel like home and trying to stay together and stay positive and find a way to sneak up on some people and maybe make their way into the postseason. Never a dull moment for the Blue Jays in 2020, that's for sure. Let's see how this young core handles all this and whether they play well enough to make the playoffs. That'll do it for this episode of A Swing and a Belt. As always, today's episode has been produced by Christian Ryan. We invite you to leave us a comment or a like. We'd love you to subscribe. And most of all, we'd love you to join us again next time. Until then, I'm Dan Schulman.